The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. A very happy Friday to everybody out there. Let's get ready for the weekend. A very sleepy Friday for Dan Schneier. We're going to find out why. It's a good story for you. And Heath Cummings is here as well. And I'm Adam Azer. And we've got Fantasy Jeopardy coming up in a little bit. We're also going to talk about... Yeah, oh, Heath's pumped. We're also going to talk about the 10 most interesting backfield battles as of right now. Plus three honorable mentions, so I guess the 13 most interesting backfield battles, which is uh, close to half the league. Anyway, good morning, Dan. Uh, been up for a couple hours, I guess. Uh, so where were you last night, and how was it? Well, you built this up as a great story. I don't know if this is any kind of great story, but it was a great night for me. There, yeah, that's and, what I meant. Yeah. And, and the fam. We were at City Field for the last ever Dad & Company show at City Field. This is their last tour. Uh, first one I've ever gone to, and I, I got to say this, I've seen probably 20 to 25 live bands, different. Actually, it's got to be more. I've seen random bands. So let's just say 50. And I would say, here's the take. John Mayer is the best live musician I've ever seen play. Wow. And, yeah. And to me, I don't even think it was close. And, and what, I think what did you see? What show did you see last night? Dead and Company. Dead and so they're a Grateful Dead uh, tribute band kind of thing. They play some a lot of Dead songs. They play some cover songs, and they played a cover of All Along the Watchtower, and the guitar solo by John Mayer on that was something that I don't even think was possible until I actually just watched it live last night. So wow. just incredible to see these people that good at playing instruments together, and especially John Mayer. And so now I'm just like mind blown. And then, But then it was like a long ride home because I got to drop my brother off and i had to go back to my parents house and then back to my apartment so i'm on a few hours of sleep now but hopefully <laughs> i still have my voice that's what's most important yeah all right that's awesome man sometimes a man a great concert can just be like a out of body experience yes. he's best concert you ever been to one of the farm aids um it's a day long like noon to midnight type thing. And every year, Willie Nelson's there. Dave Matthews is there. Um, Wilco was there one year, probably the year that Tweedy was there by himself. Um, but yeah, one of the formates. Okay. Not even what about bother. you, Azer? I'm not going to bother Googling Tweedy. I just, I'm just going to accept that I don't know who that is. So that's fine. <laughs> um, he is, yeah, he's like the, the front man for Wilco. I had a feeling. Uh, the best concert I've ever been to? I don't know. I wow. probably. An Aerosmith concert. I knew you were going Aerosmith. They're so good live. So 
I can think of one in particular, but yeah, I, yeah, I'll, I'll say that one. Okay, let's get to the show. Let's start with just a couple of news items. Romeo Dobbs said that Jordan Love can do the exact same thing as Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he's talking about the the psychedelic drugs. I think he's talking <laughs> about the quarterback position. But nice to see some love given to Jordan Love. Travis Kelsey playfully said that Jamar Chase should sort of watch what he's saying about Patrick Mahomes. Jamar Chase saying, Pat who? I think is what he said. Uh, you, ta- you saw what how Mahomes responded, right? With the with the tweet of the, his The rings. two rings? Yeah. 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 That's who. And then I was like, yeah, I got to check the schedule. Are they playing this year? Oh, they are playing this year. This could be a huge game. December 31st, New Year's Eve. Chiefs hosting the Bengals in week 17. It's Put probably it for the calendar. one seed. Quite possibly. Oh, we'll see what the what the Jets have to say about that. The Jets. The Jets. <laughs> the Jets are the team. You know, nah, I, I mean, I was just trying to be. But they, the Jets could win the AFC. Wouldn't shock me at all. I guess the a, the entire AFC. They could win the Super Bowl. I think absolutely. I guess you're not feeling it. I mean, they're they have maybe the best defense in football, and if they Aaron Rodgers is good I, again, yeah, it's just top. so hard for me to like. I I feel like if. It's not Mahomes. Then it has to be Allen or Burrow, right? Like if they let somebody else win one besides Mahomes, the year that he doesn't, Super Bowl? Be a, there will be a year <laughs> or two that he doesn't. No, the AFC. Uh, okay. I don't think Mahomes is going to win the Super Bowl. Herbert, year, I'll but, take Herbert over any of the, over over Rogers or any of those people too, as well. He, it like if those those young guys got to get him the years that something goes wrong with Mahomes because yeah. they're not going to get very many chances. Yeah, I didn't even see that. There's gonna what year will something go wrong with Mahomes? Outside of injuries, I don't really see that happening anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, I just get to a point of every playoffs where I'm just betting on the Chiefs because I'm like, why would I bet against Mahomes? It's just I don't, I don't think there's, I don't want to root against Mahomes first of all, and I don't want to be rooting against him in a bet like in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Me, this might be my favorite ball. segment of the show, probably. I just, <laughs> yeah. I think the reason that is Dan is because he's been a quarterback for five years, and they've been in the AFC right. Championship every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the, they probably won't be. And on one of the only times they lost it was the Super Bowl when like the entire offensive line got injured, which will yeah. never happen again. Uh, so the Jets, by the way, have the fourth shortest odds to win the Super Bowl in the AFC. Wow. I believe that. I just don't. In so the AFC. In the AFC. Eighth, uh, seventh or eighth. It's Chiefs, like, Eagles, Bills, yeah. Bengals, Niners, Cowboys, Jets. So seventh shortest odds. I guess having no depth and potentially no starters at offensive tackle doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I mean, ask the Bengals two years ago. They won the AFC with Dang. a dreadful offensive line. I would go Chargers That's over true. Jets, too. That's for true. Sure. Chargers are... are Tenth and tenth shortest odds. Ravens are actually right just behind the Jets. I would then definitely go Ravens before Jets too. The Lions, uh, the ninth shortest Super Bowl odds. That's, that's dumb. Yeah, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. Um, all right, let's get to our backfield battles. Also, uh, if we could throw up that URL, Schaefer, uh, that tiny URL, I can tell people how to get to our eBay store yeah. to support the Draftathon, support St. Jude. All of any donation you make, it's all going to St. Jude, and you can bid on things like private Zoom calls with our experts uh, to get ready for your draft. There will be more spots available to make a guest appearance on Fantasy Football today. There will be spots available in different leagues. Um, we'll hope to have more information about that next week. Something really exciting. So yeah, uh, go to the eBay store. It's uh, I'll get the I'll get the URL for you momentarily here. Actually, I think I have it, but. Um, I know it starts with tinyurl. tinyurl.com. 
slash FFT donate. Tinyurl.com slash FFT donate. That's where you can go right now and make some bids and support an amazing cause. All right, backfield battles. Let's start with Seattle. I'm going to give you the ADP based on uh, NFC, which is high stakes leagues. Uh, since since June first, perfect. Okay. We'll also put in it's high stakes leagues, and I think there's best ball data mixed in there. And it's uh, it's I think half PPR, right? Typically, yeah. or? there are a variety of leagues mixed in there. I think Dan's right. There is um, some best ball. I think there's less best ball in this ADP than there is in fantasy pros currently, though. So I think it's the okay. I think it's the best we've got. Okay, and it's about fifty drafts, so it's still not yeah. great, but it is what it is. All right, Seattle, Ken Walker as RB15 in round four, Zach Charbonnet as RB38 in round 10. And what do you think? RB15 for Walker, RB38 for Charbonnet, round four versus round 10. Heath, what's the better value? Well, it's definitely not Ken Walker in round four as RB15 um, for me. I have real concerns about whether Walker can hold on to anything in the passing game and whether Walker can hold on to short yardage work. He was he was very um, DeAndre Swift-like last year with a real strong ability to hit the big play. Uh, maybe even a little bit of Saquon Barkley, except not near as good, obviously, in the passing game. But uh, too many runs that went for negative or zero or one yard. And so uh, I... I don't want to draft a running back in round four if I'm not sure that he's the goal line back or the passing downs back. Dan, yeah. what's the better value here? Round four for Walker or round 10 for Charbonnet? Without a doubt, it's taking the gamble on round in round 10 on Charbonnet. I think Heath nailed it. I was going to go into a little bit of it, but Walker was not very efficient last year as a runner, and I felt like he didn't do a great job, in my opinion, of running behind that wide zone scheme that they ran. I mean, I've only, I only saw two games on tape. One was the Giants game, but... I thought there were some holes he picked that were wrong. And you bring in Zach Charbonnet, who's a really talented back, whose film I loved. I had him as my RB2 overall in this class, ahead of Jameer Gibbs, clearly. And that's a big piece. That's a big competition piece. And I don't think they're going to look at this thing like, this is Walker's job. He's he's coming in and Charbonnet's the backup. I think they're just going to hot hand this and mix mix it around. And at that point, like with a six-round six difference, I don't think it's even a debate for me, Charbonnet over Walker, because I think Charbonnet's the more talented player. I don't actually have Charbonnet in round ten either in full PPR. I've got him in round eleven, so it's not. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that I love the Charbonnet side either, but I just no chance that I'm drafting Ken Walker in round four. It'll yeah. there'll be a lot of Charbonnets for me just because the way I draft my teams, it's so wide receiver heavy that I need those dart throws in those rounds. And to me, he's just like a, you, you get one Walker injury, now you have potentially RB one out of Charbonnet. So. I just want to. I do want to bring up some. First of all, you did say, Dan, that you think Charbonnet is a more talented player, which I find interesting. I, I like him better. I think. I, I feel like people are forgetting how good Ken Walker is. And you're right. You're exactly right, Heath, about his profile. He was uh, a boomer bust, not on a week to week basis, but on a carry by carry basis guy. Yep. He was a home run hitter. He was one of the very best at explosiveness and one of the very worst when it came to just you know. Gaining a yard, basically. And and that is the kind of guy, generally, that fantasy people love and head coaches give touches to other guys and we get mad about it. 
Yeah, yep. I just don't know that it's going to be the same this year. He could easily become a more consistent running back. It's what I've noticed with some of these advanced stats when we look at rookies. Um, and, and also, short yardage. Walker was not good in short yardage. Among 64 running backs with 50 or more carries, he was 48th in conversion rate on third and fourth and one. So he did not do a good job there. But he was better than his his percentage of converted carries on third and one, uh, fourth and one to become first downs. He had a higher percentage than Jonathan Taylor, than Saquon Barkley, than Damian Harris. Um, he was slightly behind Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb. And also, remember Clyde Edwards-Elair as a rookie? He converted one-third of his third and fourth and one carries. And then over the last two years, he's 15 for 15 on third but, down and one and fourth and one. So it, things can change. There's 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 two things there. Um, he's gotten 15 opportunities since he converted one third. I know like you're he right. Is not, he is you're he is nowhere close to the Chiefs' first or second preference as an option on a short yardage play. I think that's probably why he's 15 for 15 because teams are so surprised when they hand it off to him on third or fourth well, and one because they don't do that. They've I think he's just gotten better. You know, once every other game. He gets one of those opportunities. Okay, Austin yeah. Eckler. In 2021, he converted 33% of his 18 third and fourth and one carries. In 2022, he converted 64.3%. I just want my point is, and this is a really important point that I like to try to make, not necessarily just specific to the situation. When you look at these types of numbers, you need more than one year. You need more than one year before Agreed. we declare. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For okay. sure. I wasn't saying I definitely think Charbonnet's got short yardage work. I'm just not drafting a running back in round four if I think that both of those things right. are up for grabs. I think those yeah. like he, Walker could be better than Charbonnet and get that role this year. I don't think it's very likely that Walker gets the passing down throw. Okay. Yeah. I think Heath really nailed this one, to be honest, because we could like – how close is this situation to DeAndre Swift of last year? We drafted DeAndre Swift around that same range. What did you get out of that investment? Oh, I have to disagree with this because Swift was terrific at the start of the season. Granted, it was only two and two and a half games. I thought we drafted DeAndre Swift in like round two last year. No, you're right. It was even higher for for DeAndre yeah, Swift. You're right. But, but he got hurt. Maybe, he got hurt. That's why he I was. I don't know him. if the injury was the reason he wasn't running short yardage. I think Jamal Williams had that role regardless. That, yeah, for sure. Yes, that is true. Yeah. And, and you know what, though? Dan Campbell told us that before yeah. the season started. Yeah. Um, but Swift was still so good that he 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 was still putting up a lot of fantasy points. But you're right. You're 100% right. Jamal Williams was a short yardage guy. Okay. Let's go to Detroit. Hey, speaking of which, it was uh, Swift and Williams last year. Now it's Gibbs and Montgomery. Uh, I know where Heat's going to go with this. I'll uh, let him go first anyway. What's the better value, Gibbs in round four or Montgomery in round seven? Well, I have Montgomery in round four and Gibbs in round five. I'm one of the only people I think in the. Uh, I don't like this. I might in, I might end up caving because I do think Gibbs is a special talent, but I think I'm one of the only people in the industry who has Montgomery ahead of Gibbs. And I just it's not because I think he's going to score 17 touchdowns like Jamal Williams, but I do think that David Montgomery is better than Jamal Williams. Especially, I think he's better in the passing game. And so I think if you look at that split between Williams and Swift last year, I think there's a chance that it's a similar split. Um, Gibbs could have more than 99 carries because he's going to hopefully play a full season. But I think it's a similar split, but possibly Montgomery has a slightly sh larger share of the passing down work. Um, I think Gibbs is going to have to score from outside the 20 most, most of the time if he's going to score a touchdown. Dan, better value Gibbs in round four or Montgomery in round seven? I don't even think it's close. It's Montgomery in round seven. 
I think I'm exactly with Heath on this. If I had to rank them today, I would have Montgomery over Gibbs. I think Gibbs in round four versus Charbonnet in round 10 makes absolutely no sense to me. No sense whatsoever to me. Both of those players are in basically the same exact time share. You can say, oh, Walker's much more talented than Dave Montgomery. Is he? Like, Dave Montgomery is a really good runner. If you look at the advanced stats, he has done a great job of, in his career of forcing missed tackles and creating yards after contact. He's not viewed as one of those types of guys that can create on his own, but he actually can. And that's been behind a pretty bad Bears O-line with the exception of last year. Now he gets the best offensive line of his career. I think David Montgomery is a great value, and I think that Jameer Gibbs is completely inflated to a point that really doesn't even make that much sense to me. Like Heath just said perfectly, where are we getting our points from Gibbs? If he's not going to dominate the passing down role, which we don't think he is, or at least Heath and I don't, he's going to need a lot of design touches in the passing game. Don't know where those are coming from. The passing game is already so concentrated with Amon Ross St. Brown and could even turn over a little bit more to Jameson Williams. So now you're looking at where is he scoring the touchdowns from, and that really doesn't feel like anywhere but long touchdowns for me. And now we're looking at basically like DeAndre Swift 2.0, it feels like almost from a role standpoint. I know he was drafted high, and there's all these expectation and hype and hope because he's having good camp and stuff like that, and that's only going to grow. I think this ADP will go to like round three by the time we're done yeah. with this. But yeah, I just I took, I took him in round three. I don't know where the actual production comes from for me with with what's going with what's around him. Yeah, he's got like it's got to be what the case that Adams made and and this case right here. It's got to be that he catches seventy plus passes. Yeah, um, so, and that yeah. could happen. Yeah, Don we had a comment. We had Ingram a comment Kamara. in the chat. You, Don yeah. said, "Think Ingram Kamara," but right. like you're taking the one example of a Sean Payton offense, the guy who is. Maxim shown over his history, he can maximize running backs in the passing game. So much of that offense was designed around getting the Kamara uh, in the passing game, arrow routes, whip route, like every type of different route. I'm not so sure the Lions showed that last year under Ben Johnson, and I'm not so sure that's going to evolve that way. Like that offense doesn't run the same as the Sean Payton offense schematically. I'm going to give you one other example, though. I'm going to give you yeah, Christian McCaffrey's other. rookie season, Jonathan Stewart. Had a hundred. Okay. He only had 198 carries in 15 games because Cam Newton was on the team, and he had 139 carries, and he led the team in rushing yards. Um, McCaffrey that year got 117 carries and 80 catches in 16 games, and he only averaged 3.7 yards per carry. He didn't have a great rookie year from that standpoint. He averaged 8.1 yards per catch. McCaffrey, I believe, was the number nine running okay. back in PPR that year. Um, so he was second fiddle. He was third fiddle in the running game to Newton and Jonathan Stewart. And that I believe was the same year as Kamara. I think they both came in the league in 2017. So they were, you know, Kamara was a, what a third round pick. McCaffrey was a, a first round pick. I think if you don't give Jameer Gibbs at least 200 touches, uh, well, yeah, about 200 touches or more, I think you're making a big mistake. So I yeah. think people like me, and, and by the way, to answer the question of who's the better value, even though I do love Gibbs, I still think if you get Montgomery in the seventh round, I think that's the better value. I know I don't want to be painted as the anti-Montgomery guy necessarily. I mean, I don't. You, okay, really, wait. I don't really you don't want to be. You don't want to be painted as the anti-David Montgomery in the seventh round guy. You 100%. have worked very hard over the last three years to be painted <laughs> yeah. as the anti-David Montgomery guy. Yeah, for, right. But I don't want to. But I. But I could certainly see him having a good fantasy season, and I think he's incredible value in round seven. But I think. You could plug in just about any running back into that situation. I would feel the same way. I don't think it's David Montgomery that's going to... I just don't think he's that good. I mean, basically. You're right that he does create a lot of 
you know, missed tackles and stuff. It's the problem is he just doesn't do that much after that. He's just not yeah, when, when Dan said he was a great runner, I was really I, hoping your head was going to explode. But <laughs> I, I do think a great runner would be if we could combine David Montgomery and Ken Walker. That's, right. yes. that, that's if a great could give David Montgomery Walker's athleticism and speed. Right, and more right. just the speed. All right. Uh, so we agree Montgomery is a better pick in round seven. These guys are giving you a strong take on this on this Lions backfield that is is not common, I would say. that if you No, if look, Dave and Jamie would hear, neither one would agree. But I uh, think everyone agree, would agree that Montgomery is good value in round seven. I don't think yes. there's any debating that. Yep. All right, let's go to the Bears. <laughs> they were like, see you later, David Montgomery. Uh, they've got three guys who are going round nine or later right now, RB36 to RB49. Khalil Herbert is first. Deontay Foreman and Rashawn Johnson are RB46 and 49, respectively. Uh, so... It's not a huge investment in any of them. Dan, is there a best value here? Or like, how would you rank them? Herbert, Foreman, Johnson, that's the way they're being drafted. Yeah, I would rank them Herbert, Johnson, Foreman. Um, just ranking based on talent. I think Herbert's the best value. Look, Herbert was a player two years ago. He was one of my favorite. He was my favorite value in that entire class before the draft. I loved his film. He reminded me of Tiki. He, I saw some shades of Tiki Barber in his tape at Virginia. So... I'm just going to go with go with the player that I like most talent wise. And I feel like you've seen that at the NFL level, right? Like on a per touch basis, clear Herbert has done some really good things. I should have dug up some stats on this. I didn't because I had I, I wasn't as prepared as I would like to be. So I apologize <laughs> for that. But Adam may have some stats going, but I think he was right up there. Top 10 and force missed miss tackle rate uh, in yards after contact per touch. So talent wise, I feel like he's the best of the bunch by a considerable margin. You're not paying that much more of a price for him at these ADPs. They're basically all late round dart throw, mid mid round dart throws in a similar range, maybe two three rounds. So I'm just going to go with the talent here, and I'm going to go with Herbert. What what round is Herbert? Nine. He has him nine. He's a round up pick a hundred, round pick one hundred or so. And the other two are round pick what? Let's say round twelve. I don't know one thirty ish. I have it okay. Okay, actually. Hold on. I think I'm lower on all three of these guys than one fifty. Um, Sorry, is. no, no. Deontay Foreman's one forty five. Rashawn Johnson's one fifty five, and Khalil Herbert is hundred and six. Okay, I've got, and and that's fine. Like I think that's basically fine. The thing that scares me about Herbert, he is the opposite, or he's kind of he's got a little bit of the Ken Walker thing. I think he's better um, in some regards and not as good in others, but. He has that same, his coach doesn't like him as much as his fantasy manager does. And they, they asked his head coach, what is the job about the running back battle? And he said, well, their first job is to protect the quarterback. Their second job is to run the ball. And Khalil Herbert's been one of the worst pass blocking running backs in the NFL. So yeah, I don't know. I've got it. Herbert Johnson Foreman right now. I don't have any of them in my top 120. Okay. Uh, he was the, I don't know that I look at the same advanced metrics as you do, but there were 41 running backs with 100 or more carries. He was top 13 in six different advanced metrics last year. Yep. Yards before ca- contact, yards after contact, rush EPA, percentage of carries for zero or negative yards, as in he had one of the lowest percentages, and carries of five or more yards, carries of 12 or more yards. And uh, ninth in avoid rate. So avoid rate would be something like that. Um, yeah, the two I was looking at, I just found it. Um, top five in yards per carry 
yards per carry overall, yards per contact or yards after contact per carry, and then uh, top ten in the force miss tackle rate. Those are the big three for me. Let's go to Philadelphia. DeAndre Swift is RB twenty three. He's in round six. Rashad Penny is RB thirty nine. He's in round ten. Uh, Swift in round six or Penny in round ten. Heath. Um. I, I guess I'll go with the late guy again. again. It seems like all these battles, I'm just lower than everyone on them. <laughs> um, but I also am looking at full PPR rankings, and this is half PPR, so that might be part of it. Um, I I don't think this – like I, I, I'm okay getting a piece of both of these guys. I really would prefer to not do it before round seven, so that's why I said Penny. I think there's a very good chance one of them is going to get hurt and the other one's going to have a stretch as a top 12 running back. Um I think there's a pretty low chance that either of them has 200 touches over the full season, but they're nice guys to have on your team for that time that they're really good. And what do you like better? Sixth round for Swift or 10th round for Penny? Dan? Yeah, it's not really close for me. It's going to be 10th round for Penny. There's just too many red flags for me with DeAndre Swift, the player who I didn't really like that much coming out of Georgia for reasons that I don't like a lot of these running backs when I watch them on tape. I don't feel like they do a good job of processing, men- mental processing their blocks. They're picking holes that I think are leading to them losing yards. I think we saw that in Detroit. Even before you know the injuries, you saw Deuce Staley in the, in the hard knocks be like, look, you got to hit the hole. Like You couldn't be a great back, but you got to you got to you got to be a great back. And he's missed 42 of 82 games looking this up in his career, DeAndre Swift. So I don't really, I mean, we could talk about the injury situation with Rashad Penny, but I don't think it's too far off with Swift. So I would go Penny here slightly, but I just don't want any of this because piece of this because what I saw in the playoffs and at the end of the year was Kenneth Gainwell, who a lot of people, myself included, liked a lot last year. We were wrong on him. He didn't really help us during the regular fantasy season, but in the actual NFL playoffs, his role really expanded. And I think he's going to have that role again for 2023. I think Gamble is going to be a real big thorn in the side of anyone who's expecting consistent fantasy production from Swift or Penny this year. So I don't really like either. I'd rather gamble on the later guy. Overall, I feel like Penny is a better runner than Swift, and they both have the same kind of injury concerns. I Okay, you might be right about Swift missing some things and not processing well, and, and there was a quote from Ben Johnson, the coordinator from the Lions. I've mentioned this a lot, where he said, we need our running backs to, you know, basically get more out of their carries. And then they changed their backfield entirely. Yeah. So, I, I and plus what you said about hard knocks, like that is an indictment on Swifts as a rusher. But at the same time, I mean, he's been a really good rusher. So even with those deficiencies, he's still so explosive. He's got to be one of the most explosive running backs in football. And yeah, he might make some mistakes, but also he he makes dynamic plays, and it's it's incredible. Yeah. So I'm not going to be as hard on him in that regard. And my concern just, for for Penny, I'm sorry, Heath. My concern for Penny, and the reason why I would take Swift in round six over Penny in round ten, is that if there are no injuries, and Penny's just as likely to get more injured as Swift is, if not more likely, like Penny's not going to catch passes. I feel pretty confident in that. And I don't think he's going to average the 15 carries per game that Miles Sanders did because Sanders got almost all of the running back carries. I think there's going to be a split between Penny and Swift. So I actually don't really see a reason to draft Rashad Penny, especially in a PPR league. He might be an 11 to 12 carry guy. Like I think I compared him to Gus Edwards. Um, if he doesn't I score, you're talking about him, six though, points. I, I don't think you're wrong, Adam, but I think if you draft him, you're at a point where you like where you're talking about right now from an ADP range standpoint. You're at the point where you're just at late round. You're at the dart throw 
period where you're looking for, I hate to say it, but an injury to someone else True. in his backfield. Yeah. And then he becomes valuable because that Miles Sanders role is, it's not, it's probably, you're right. It's probably not likely. It's probably some kind of split. But if anyone were to get that role back, that's where you, that's when you're like, okay, now we hit on value on this pick because you talked about how like, okay, I like Swift a little more because he, at least he can catch passes and Penny doesn't catch passes. Are there really any patches? Cat, uh, yes. sorry, catches to be. Sorry, passes yeah. to be caught. There will be. Offense I think they the will change. I think. I, I don't think they had the fewest running back targets in football last right. year. I. They will. I believe they will change that. I don't think. You Why trade, though? I don't think you trade for DeAndre Swift and don't use him that way. But he won't. Uh, it won't be. You have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith it won't be and Dallas Goddard. You're right. You're right. It's you not never great. work your way to the running back. All right, Heath. You I know just, you wanted to get a word in. Go ahead, and, and we'll go to our next one. Well, I think it's two things. Like I, you know, I've been a huge backer of Swift in the past. I definitely liked him a lot more than Dan did when he came into the league. Um, but like the last two years, he's been slightly below average as a pass catcher. And the Eagles throw the ball to their running backs less than any team. And I don't, I don't think that changes with Jalen Hurts, and the, unless somebody gets hurt um, amongst their their passing, their receiving options. But the the thing that you said that you're you're not going to hold it against him, it doesn't. It's not about whether we hold it against him. That's where we get in trouble, I think, with backs like him. It's about whether the next coach holds it against mm-hmm. him. Why would they hold it against him if they just traded for him? I mean, it, you're they also really well, they, you're ignoring the benefits, though. They didn't tra- really well, trade for him. They I traded know. a fourth-round pick that they get back once they let him leave. Okay, but they but they still have a talented player on their team. They're going to use him. You're ignoring the benefits of DeAndre Swift. If you want a home run... Now, Penny can do that, too. Penny's really good. But right. he... But, Swift is a terrific playmaker. There's no reason not to get him on the field. But yeah, I don't know. He'll play some. It's just it's hard for me to envision like where the fantasy's production comes from right. on a basis. Let's go to Miami here. Miami, I was really surprised by the eh, I guess I wasn't that surprised. A little surprised. <laughs> I was surprised by the ADP. Devon A chain is the yeah. first one off the board, round eleven. And then Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are RB fifty two and fifty three. None of these guys were in the top forty. Uh, A-Chain, Mostert, Wilson. Heath, two questions. Who should be the first Dolphins running back drafted? And will there be any Dolphins running back worth starting without an injury? Yeah, I think that there will probably be a Dolphins running back worth starting. I would bet on it being A-Chain. I would bet on it being somebody else at some point in the season and somebody else at a different point in the season. But I think for the most part, they will have uh, they'll have a startable running back. I don't think they'll just chop it up so much that we can't use anybody. I guess one of Wilson or Mostert is going to share with A-Chain most weeks. But A-Chain's my favorite value. Okay. Dan, quick thoughts on the Dolphins. We'll take a break after that. In the same boat as Heath, all show. Me and Heath are aligning. I'm with with Heath on A-Chain. They drafted A-Chain for a reason. He's the most talented back in that backfield. When I actually went back and watched a lot of A-Chain on tape, I think anyone who went who wants to take the time to watch him, you'll be pleasantly surprised with how he is as a between-the-tackles runner. He's billed right now as the speed guy, bounces outside, yada, yada. Don't believe that. Watch him play, and he could actually hit it in between the holes. I think he's going to be a good back in the NFL, and I, I think he'll be the clear-cut best talent in that, and I always buy into talent. So to me, small di- difference in ADP, give me A-chain. All right, we're going to take a break here. The Bills, the Broncos, and more when we come back on Fantasy Football today, right after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys, I'm going to ask you to speed it up because I've been waiting all day, all week for Fantasy yeah. Jeopardy. So we did our top five backfield battles. They were Seattle, Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Miami. And let's go to Buffalo here to start our yeah. next group. Do we have to? They're, the ADPs are fairly similar. James Cook round eight at RB30. Damian Harris round 10 at RB40. How do you see it, Heath? Um, strong prefer James Cook. Um, I just wanted to keep aligning with Dan. I, I have some hope that James Cook might buck the trend. I don't want to – until I see it proven that Josh Allen's actually going to take a step back from rushing – especially inside the 10. I don't want to draft a plotter whose appeal is scoring touchdowns on a team with Josh Allen. So I'm Damian, I don't, I'm not drafting any Damian Harris. Okay. I think that that works. Good. Thumbs up, Dan. Perfect. Well said. All right. Next up, Denver. Right now, the ADP is very similar for Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, round seven, RB 28 for Williams. And round nine, RB33 for Zamaje Pirine. If they were going that close, round seven and round nine, Dan, who would you take first, Javante or Pirine? I actually love both at that value. I'd be happy with both or either. Uh, I guess if you put push game to shove, I would take Williams just because of the way I play fantasy. I like to swing for the fences, play for first place. I don't really care about second, third, and fourth. But I like Pirine a lot too, so it's tough for me. I'll go slight edge Williams. Um, Love just in case anybody thought Dan was just agreeing with, with what I said, yeah. um, I'll go second and agree with what Dan said. <laughs> um, some of these teams, I didn't like either of the running backs at cost. I like both of these running backs at cost. Um, I'd probably lean. I only have one round separating them, so I'd probably lean towards P. Ryan, but happy to draft both of them here. Yeah, so I we did a draft a couple weeks ago, and I took both of them. I took Javante Williams in round six and P. Ryan in round eight. And in both cases, I did not have another pick for another like 20 picks um, or 22 picks. So I did feel like I had to reach for Pirine. I don't know if you guys feel that way, but do you feel like if you draft Javante Williams that you, I never no. would say need, I never would say need, but that you want Pirine? I want Pirine. So if I happen to draft Javante Williams, that wouldn't stop me from winning Pirine, but I don't want Pirine more because I drafted Javante Williams. Okay. How about the Packers? Heath, you didn't really think this was a backfield battle per se. Jones we might is, disagree on this one, by the way. Oh, Jones is going at the 4-5 turn. He's RB16. A.J. Dillon, round 9, RB32. So, uh, Heath, your thoughts on the Packers? Like them both. Um, slight lean to Aaron Jones. No, I just I think we're going to see 
between 46 and 50% of the rush attempts go to Aaron Jones and between 12 and 14% of the targets go to Aaron Jones and Dylan's going to be 35 to 40% of the rush attempts and 6 to 7% target share. I think that we've now maybe Jones falls off in the middle of the year and Dylan gets a larger share of the work because Jones is getting up there in age, but I think it's been pretty well established that it's a 1A, 1B situation. Aaron Jones is better. And unless Aaron Jones gets old, it'll stay that way. Yeah, this is the one where we disagree on. I went over it on my bus show. Uh, Aaron Jones, one of my one of my bus picks for this year. I just don't see it with Aaron Jones. I don't see the path toward fantasy success on this offense. Now, I'm taking the gamble here that Jordan Love and this offense won't be very good. And that to me, I don't, I don't see the, the, I know he still has a passing down role, Aaron Jones. That's good. But the red zone role, not certain on a bad offense. I feel like I'm worried about where the touchdowns are coming from for Aaron Jones in 2023. And without a lot of touchdowns, it's hard to return value in the fourth round. Yeah. And I, I guess you weren't paying attention to what Romeo Dobbs said about Jordan Love. I mean, it was our first news item, but you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to the saints interesting backfield battle here. We just still don't even know. This is something we, we pretty much have never... We haven't talked yeah. about this, I feel like, in months. <laughs> or very yeah, little. Kamara's potential suspension. Right, yeah. and and where, how to draft him. But he's in round nine pick, Alvin Yeesh. Kamara. And so is Jamal Williams. Kamara's RB34. Jamal Williams is RB37. And then Kendry Miller, the rookie, is RB45. So, Dan, is... What do you think about the the Saints? How would you draft them? You've got Kamara and Williams in round nine and Kendry Miller later on, uh, probably around 12-ish or so. I think it's a funny scenario for me, Adam, because we've done a bunch of mock drafts now for the site, uh, for the magazine, whatever it would be. And I feel like I look at this and I say, my God, I would love to take a gamble on Kamara in round nine or eight or seven. Like This is all feels great to me. It all feels like I'm swinging for the fences, and yet on every single one of those teams, I don't have Kamara on any of them. So I clearly didn't actually do it. When push came to shove, I found a player who I liked more in each round. So I think on the surface, it feels like I would say Kamara here. Maybe I will say Kamara because I don't really like the other two or at value that as much, but I end up not drafting him as much. I think this is more of just an avoid situation for me, this backfield. Heath, how about you? Um, it's Kamara if I can get him in round nine. I have no interest in drafting Jamal Williams yeah. and or Kendry Miller, really. Well, I, I, I really with Heath on that. I have zero interest really in and Williams for sure. Maybe and Miller close as well. Uh, but what? Okay, so then let's say there's breaking news and Kamara <laughs> suspended six games. Right. I do not believe there's a player on the roster that's going to get Alvin Kamara's target share at running back. This would be an exception to my running back bucket theory mm. um, because I don't think that Jamal Williams or Kendry Miller are in the same – like, I, I, not even – I don't think – not sure they're as good as Ken Walker in the passing game. But yeah, do they have to be to, to be worth a ninth-round pick? You're still talking about a starting running back. Maybe you catch. Okay, well, they wouldn't Kamara be nice is suspended for the point. entire season. Yeah. No, Kamara suspended for six games. You went zero RB. You want to get off to a hot start. You got, you know, look. I I don't believe much in Jamal Williams, but I do think he's going to be ahead of Kendry Miller at Miller's first games of his NFL career. Agreed. And if you're talking about a starting running back, that that guy that guy's probably a low end RB too. Um, Dan's concerns about the Packers offense. I'm the the guy who thinks the Saints might actually be bad offensively. I feel that. I really do feel that with Derek Carr. I know Adam's a big Derek Carr guy, but I really feel that. <laughs> you are. You want, I know, what are you, what are you I laughing know, Dan, at? I, Dan, Dan assigns so many things to me. 
I would no, not say no, I'm no, a no. big Derek Carr guy. I mean, you Adam, two, Adam, two of Adam, you live on air with Jamie and me. You once said if the Washington football team, and I still call them, I don't care. Commander's a stupid name. If the Washington football team acquires Derek Carr, they have Super Bowl hopes. You did say that once. I said Super Bowl hopes, or I said they'd I go think to the you playoffs. Said something about a Super Bowl contender. Either. I do. I do not. I do not. Think, I think I probably said they're not a Super I Bowl contender. I think this is but another the case of Adam being contrarian against me and getting <laughs> trapped into liking a player more than he actually does. Much like the David Montgomery situation. I think. Um, I think he's a league average quarterback, Derek. Next time Jamie's on, we're going to find out what the yeah, exact yeah, think, quote was, but it was something bad. Yeah. Oh. It, you went all in on Carr. He is what we. He's oh. what I, I think he's exactly <laughs> what a league average quarterback w- used to be. Okay. I don't think he quite is anymore. All right, we have four yeah. more here. Washington, Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson are both round nine picks. Who do you like better, Dan? Ugh. Gibson slightly. I, I have a little bit of hope that they can get something going with the enemy there. Yep. Um, but. Neither really for me. I'm, this is a very big avoid for me. Gibson a lot in PPR. Uh, both are fine in none or half. Uh, Samaje Pirine, AJ Dillon, and the two Commanders running backs are all round nine picks based on this average draft position. Uh, are are the Commanders running backs last in that group? <sighs> yeah, but I've got like I've got Pirine, Dillon, and Gibson all in round seven. So um, I like all three of them. I like the take Keith had with Gibson PPR. I think I need to focus a little bit more on that, the, uh, the potential upside for him in PPR. And our honorable mentions, do you see backfield battles, true backfield battles in Jacksonville, Kansas City, or Houston? I say yes in Kansas City, not in Jacksonville and Houston. But I know that there's more people who think Jacksonville and Houston will have battles too. I say no in Houston. I think that's going to be Pierce's job. I say no in Kansas City. I say yes in Jacksonville. Interesting. Do you think Pacheco is going to be a a true lead running back for the Chiefs? No, I I shouldn't say no because I was thinking about it. I don't think he's going to be a true lead running back for the Chiefs. Just a a split without much of a battle. Yeah, right. Right. Well, okay, obviously McKinnon's going to have his role. Do you think Clyde Edwards-Lair factors in? But when does McKinnon's role start? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it's – it's Always not. to take to take uh, Pacheco off the field. I mean, not necessarily to get the ball, but to be in the game would be week one, I would think. I mean, he's going to be the yeah. third down back, right? I wouldn't be surprised if Clyde plays more uh. on third downs early in the year, but we'll see. Okay. Um, Might be Sky Moore back there. Over under six and a half carries per game for Devin Singletary. Under for me. Damian Pierce plays the entire season. Mm-hmm. I'll, that's a good number. I think it's, I'll say, slightly under. You know what's a better number? What's that? 200 400 and $600, yes. which is what you're going to be playing for when we come back as Fantasy Jeopardy will begin after this. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. 
This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, here we go. Dan's been nervous. He's been making excuses all week long on social media. Oh, you have to put me up against Heath. Heath's the best. I'm going to be on two hours of sleep, this and that. You know what? Like, Just suck it up, and let's play some Fantasy Jeopardy. Are you guys ready? Yes. All right. I'm pretty nervous. Dan set the table nicely here for an upset victory. Right, 100%. 100%. I have to do it. Uh, so I'll go over the rules uh, that I'll screw up. No... Penalty for an incorrect guess. We have three categories with three answers in each of them for $200, $400, and $600. Uh, I'm not going to do a daily double. It doesn't really work in this format. I'm not going to do Final Jeopardy unless Thomas Schaefer wants to come up with a Final Jeopardy question. Nope, he says no, so there will be no Final (laughs) Jeopardy. Uh, You have to buzz in by saying your name. Whoever says their name first is, is up, and you have to answer in the form of a question. Heath, did you have a question or a comment? I just, I mean, no double jeopardy, no final jeopardy, three categories, three dollar values. Could you do less? <laughs> Please come up with a final jeopardy. Please. Come on, Anything Jay. you want. Anything you want. Now, look, I try to make this fair for Dan. So the three oh, categories. Good. I'm, glad, I'm glad we go into it with the idea of how can we make this easier on Dan. That's exactly the way that fair competition should, should start. The three categories are quarterbacks, flexes, so running back, wide receiver, tight end, Names that rhyme with Daniel Dones. <laughs> <laughs> and the final category is Heath's Meat. Okay. So that is one of the categories. Heath's that Meat. seem like a fair category for me, but okay. <laughs> oh, you're right. Actually, it's totally not fair for you. Okay. Uh, Dan, I'll let you have the board. Quarterbacks, flexes, or Heath's Meat? Quarterbacks for 200. Okay. Uh, this top 10 quarterback scored 51.8% of his fantasy points in a five-game mid-season stretch. Dan. Dan. Who is Trevor Lawrence? Heath. Heath. Who is Tua Tungabailoa? Oh. The answer is Justin Fields. He wow. scored 52%. All three of them. Yeah, they're all three. I, I thought I thought Heath was going to buzz in first and say Trevor Lawrence because he, he loves to knock yeah, Lawrence. I, Lawrence. Lawrence. No, I knew Lawrence that it couldn't it be like Trevor Lawrence because that we'd had that discussion and you wouldn't do that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, very really good. Well played. All right, the board is still yours, Dan. <laughs> all right, quarterback for 400. Including the postseason, this quarterback threw for more than 228 yards only three times all season, and he did it against two of the three worst pass defenses in the NFL. Including Heath. the po- Heath. Who is Daniel Jones? Yeah. Oh, come on, Schneier. That was for you, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, that was man. a tough one for me for some reason. 
All right, uh, Heath, the board is yours. Yeah. Well, it's hard to imagine that a quarterback as successful as Daniel Jones only had three games over 220. Okay, that, that doesn't work in your brain. <laughs> how, do, how do you get in the Hall of Fame with that kind of statistic? Um, I'll go quarterbacks for 600, please. And in case you're confused, I said three games, but only two against two of the worst defenses, uh, Minnesota twice and Detroit once. Did you say qu- quarterbacks for 600? Yes, please. Okay. He averaged 35 rushing yards per game as a starter, which is a 595 rushing yard pace. Uh, Heath. Heath. Who is Dan? Uh, Heath. Who is Dan? Uh, Heath. (laughs) Who is Deshaun Watson? Dan. Yeah. Who is Desmond Ritter? Who is Sam Howell in his one uh, start? I knew it was, <laughs> it was like Ritter Howell. I knew it was a small sample size. I was close. It was Ritter Howell. Well, uh, it's interesting because he rushed for what over eight hundred uh, yards one year, and uh, and uh, he rushed for thirty five yards. I could have done year. that. I could have. That was good. That was a good one. All right, Heath. The board is still yours. You have a four hundred dollar lead. Uh, man, this has been a poor performance so far. Um, I will go flexes for two hundred, please. All right, he led the NFL with four catches. On which he was on which he was stopped at the one or two Heath. yard line. Oh, Heath. Dan! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Heath. Who is the Monroe St. Brown? Yeah, I know. Wait, no. Yeah, he had three. Oh my god, Dan! Yeah. Who is Jamar Chase? Did he? This is. I mean, the guy who was who was the number one pick in fantasy drafts, Justin Jefferson, had four uh, catches where he was stopped at the one or two yard line last yeah. year. I feel like Chase is a close This is the worst too. performance I've... I, I think there winning. was actually one game where Jamie and I played where neither of us got an answer right the entire game. <laughs> I, take I don't responsibility even know how, you get any, how anyone gets any of these right. Yeah, I I think the next two are pretty gettable on, yeah. in flex. You but that flex? was 200? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these two are four and 600? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they're easier. Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. It's reverse, <laughs> reverse <laughs> Jeopardy today. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, Heath, that your board sense. is yours. You can go to Heath's meet if you want. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna save that for Dan. Um, Four hundred. <laughs> All right, this player became the first running back to finish in the top ten in PPR with only two rushing touchdowns since Christian McCaffrey did it in 2017. Top ten PPR running back, only two rushing touchdowns, first time since 2017. Uh, I got no idea. Hold on. Ah. It was a big receiver that Three, didn't do much. Two. Was that running back? Yeah, yeah. running Heath. back. Heath. What? Who is Aaron Jones? Yeah, Heath. Way I to go. The... All right. That was a weird. I'm not sure he said Heath before Dan said Dan, but we'll we'll just go on I'm, with that. I feel confident. I think Adam heard that weird, but we'll go on with that. <laughs> Were you going to guess Aaron Jones? <laughs> no comment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Heath, the board is yours. Uh, is it 800 yeah. now? No, six, okay. oh, you're, up, you're up 800 to nothing. Okay, flex for 600, please. This tight end has 40 or fewer receiving yards in 18 of his last 29 games, including the playoffs. And he has 80 or more receiving yards in nine of those 29 games. Hey, Dan. Sorry, Dan. Yeah, uh, I really is, want to give it to Dan. Who is TJ Hawkinson? Dan. Oh, Dan. Dan. Who is Dallas Goddard? I thought you were going to get that one. George Kittle. Would you believe it? In his last 29 games, only yeah, twice sense. has George Kittle been between 41 and 79 yards. 27 of the times he's been either 40 or less or 80 or more. And usually it's 40 or less. 
Um, all right, we are on to Heath's meat. Heath. Want to get one right? Oh. Let's just go to 200 here. Dan, you're down 800, so you still yeah. have a chance here, but you definitely need the $600 one. Okay. So. All right, uh, for 200, this meat gets its name from the way it's cooked and its location on the animal. This meat gets its name from the way it's cooked and its location on the animal. That's uh three, two, Dan, Dan, brisket. I don't that was wrong. Three, two. What are burnt ends? Burnt? Location on the animal. <laughs> I the think end. it's the location on the cut of meat. Well, yeah, sure. Did you think I was going to do this all without any screw-ups? Come on. (laughs) All right, Dan, you need both of these to win. Great. Okay. Heat's meat for 400. (laughs) This this dish, which comes from the shoulder of the pig, is served shredded. Heath. uh, I had that one go. Uh, What is pulled pork? Come on, Dan. Yes, it's pulled pork. I had it. I was going to say carnitas. Technically, been right. Uh, This one is for six hundred dollars, but I will double it. (laughs) (laughs) It is now for twelve hundred dollars. Dan, this is the tie. Okay, I'm basically reading this directly from barbecuebible.com. Great. Unlike baby back ribs, this type of ribs is cut from lower down on the rib cage and is meatier, fattier, and tougher. Than baby back ribs. Heath. Yeah. What are St. Louis style ribs? Oh. All right. Come on, Dan. You can tie it. All you got to do is name a type of rib. Like I know nut types of ribs. They usually uh, are available in Chinese restaurants. Dan. Oh, come on. Yeah, Dan. Dan. Spare ribs. Yeah, go. Dan. Let's congratulations. <laughs> well done, Dan. Not really, but I'll take you it. Earned, you earned that tie. You earned, earned it. You loosely, you're using the word earned loosely, but I'll take it. Oh, man. That's one of my favorite appetizers. So Chinese yes. food spare ribs. Incredible. I feel like, Heath, Heath have you ever had Chinese food spare ribs? Really? I, I knew he was going to say that. That's why when you said that, Adam, I would have you like There them. is one dish that I order from Chinese. Okay. No matter where I go, there is one dish that I order. It's the same dish every time. What is it? Which, Always Mushu the same pork? thing. Szechuan Mushu, chicken. Mushu chicken. No. It is not chicken. Okay. Uh, Szechuan beef. I know. Uh, that beef lobster sauce thing that people like? No. Okay. Uh, fried pork. rice. Chicken, red pork fried rice. You were very close. Shrimp fried rice. Shrimp fried rice. Okay. okay. You know, there's a place in Coral Springs, Heath. Uh, what's it called? Red Ginger. They serve Polynesian fried rice. It's in, served in a big pineapple. Whoa. And it's got shrimp and it's got chicken in it. You can get it without chicken. It's it, incredible. Delicious. Absolutely love it. Polynesian fried rice. All right. All right. That is it for today's show. Uh, big big week for us next week. Got a lot more fantasy stuff to get to. We've got to do a mailbag at some point. We will do that. Fantasyfootball at cbsi.com is the email address. I've been responding to some of them as they have come in as well. Uh, the the um, <clears throat> best way to get a question answered right now would be leave us a five-star Apple Podcast review. And thanks. Have a wonderful weekend. Beyond the Box Score publishes tomorrow, so check that out. Talk to you later. Wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! 
A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.